Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. If you're joining us online, I want to welcome you as well. Um, let's get going. We got, we're, going to, we're going to be, we're looking at a whole chapter today, and so let's grab our Bibles or a Bible app, and let's go to the Gospel of John, fourth book, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, get to chapter nine. We are kind of in this, we're going to do a three-week study. In this three-week study, we're going to be in the, the Gospel of John, and we're going to look at three different encounters that Jesus has with individuals. And, and you see the deal is, every time you got Jesus interacting with somebody, Jesus is always changing their lives. Um, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't encounter Jesus and leave the same. And so we're gonna get into, yeah, come on, we're gonna get into John 9. And in this chapter, we're gonna see Jesus ministering to a man who was born blind, and, and then, then we're, gonna see, we're gonna see a miracle and then we all love miracles. We all love miracles. Everybody loves a miracle. But what I want us to understand before we even get to this miracle is that every miracle is designed to teach us a spiritual principle, right? Like everything Jesus does, he does with intention. He's just not out performing miracles, I don't know, on a whim, you know, just for the fun of it. He's just not, you know, flexing his muscles. He wants to teach us something. He wants to demonstrate us for us something. And so we come to John chapter 9, and he's going to encounter this blind man. Now, I realize most of us are not physically blind, but the Bible makes it clear that all people, all of us, are born into darkness. All of us, we are. It may not be, I don't know, physical darkness, but it is most certainly a spiritual darkness. And the Bible declares that we're all born in spiritual darkness and we're unable to see. And even though we see Jesus healing this blind man today in this passage, what we got to understand is it's speaking into something bigger and broader. We're talking in addition to a physical blindness. We're, we're talking about spiritual blindness now we're all we're all we're all born into spiritual blindness, and some many are still living in it. And so, as we're looking at this, as we're going through it, we got to understand this miracle is being performed, is being done, it's being demonstrated because Jesus wants to teach us something. He wants us to see something. In addition, it has bigger implications than the physical healing of a blind man. We're looking at the spiritual healing of a spiritually blind man. And so we're going to go through this whole chapter. We're going to walk through it. 
And the interesting thing is, we're going to learn a lot of things, but we're going to see as we're walking through it, there's a progression that this man goes through in his understanding of who Jesus is. And so, really, there's four stages. We're going to see four stages. And so, let's just walk through them. Let's just go through them. John chapter 9, let's get to it. Stage number one. You guys ready? Stage number one is seeing Jesus as a man. That's where we're going to kick off. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about, but we're going to catch up to these other stages in just a moment. 9-1, here's what we got. Here's the setup. As he, that's Jesus, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. All right, so this is what we got. You got Jesus, he's simply passing by, and his disciples are going to be there with him, and they see a blind man, and we're told that this man had been blind from birth. So this man has a problem. His problem is he cannot see. Not only are we told that he cannot see, we're told specifically that he's never been able to see. From birth, he has been unable to see. And if you're blind, you know, it's dark. If you're blind, you don't see things how they are. Things aren't clear. Your perspective of things is warped, all right? So how he is viewing the world is flawed. He's in darkness. So we have this man, and he's got a dilemma. He's been blind. He's been in darkness, and he's been there all of his life. Now, follow me on this. I was thinking about this. If you have been blind since birth, you don't even know how things are what supposed to look because you don't know what it's ever looked like. It's not like you had vision and lost vision. This is an individual. He never had vision at all, so he don't even know what things are supposed to look like. So that's this man's situation. That's his situation. Now, once again, remember, guys, remember this. We're going through this. We're not just talking about physical blindness. We're talking about spiritual blindness. Okay, that's the setup. That's our setup. We've got Jesus' disciples. We're going to come to verse number two, and the disciples, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to ask a question. Verse two. And his disciples ask him, that's Jesus, rabbi, meaning teacher. <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> Who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. In other words, these guys are asking, hey, Jesus, who's responsible for this mess, right? Who are we to blame for this? What is this, all right? And that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Now, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. It's kind of a humorous question. Now, follow me, on, follow me on this, follow me on this. Because this is kind of like what many Christians do today, Right? they turn an opportunity to minister into a theological conversation, right? That's what they're doing. Like, you got a ministry, an opportunity to minister is just, just developed right in front of you. And instead of jumping in, instead of doing something about the opportunity, they want to do some, what is that, pun of, they want to think about it. They want to think about it. They want to have a, I don't know, have a theological discussion. I don't know, I'll, maybe I'll, we can grab some coffee. We're going to grab some coffee, man. We're going to grab, let's discuss the implications theologically. Let's kind of, I don't know. We can, we can talk about it. We can, there's an opportunity to minister, but I want to talk about the theological implications, grab some coffee, maybe take a picture of us thinking about, we can go take a, we can go grab, take a picture of, I'm going to take a picture of myself 
No, what are you going to do? Well, you, get, well, well you, can put the, you, you got to put the coffee here, put the Bible there, take the picture of you thinking about, talking about, contemplating doing the ministry opportunity that had just been put in front of you. Now, the truth is this. When you're in need, you don't need people going around discussing it. You, 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 need, people, you need people doing something about it. Theology is important, but there comes a time when we got to move on from discussing the Bible to, you know, doing the Bible, but that's these guys. That's these guys. They want to discuss. Now, specifically, we're told what they want to discuss, and it's interesting. It's really a narrow theological discussion, and this is what I can, can sum up. They want to discuss the theology of sin and how it relates to blindness. Let's, let's, go, let's go talk about it. Now, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, maybe we've all been there. I don't know. Verse 3, Jesus is going to He's going to speak into this. Look what Jesus says, verse 3. Jesus answered. This is great. I love it. It was not that this man sinned. Of course, he is a sinner. We're all sinners, but his sin is not why he's blind. Or his parents, but the works of God, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And that's interesting, because Jesus like, Jesus like, you guys aren't even on the right page, man, you know? You didn't even consider this. Jesus says this man was born not because of his sin, not because of his parents' sin. He was born blind for a divine purpose. God allowed darkness in this man's life from his mother's womb because God had something planned for that specific day. In other words, God allowed darkness for his greater glory. God allowed a bad situation in order something to be seen, would be seen, that would not otherwise be seen had not that situation occurred. And God can do that. God can allow that to happen, right? So we can do some implications here. Some implications. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking about this. That would mean that there are at least two reasons why God may allow things to get dark in your life. Two reasons. At least two. One, we know this one. We, we're familiar with this one. is sin. You're going to sin. You're going to not repent. God's going to allow darkness in your life. We've been there. If you're a Christian, we're all familiar with that. We, we know that. But from this text, it appears there's another reason. God can allow darkness in a situation in your life to display a greater glory, and that's what he's done here. That's what I said. That's God, Jesus said, hey, listen, all your, all your theological discussions, I want you to understand you're wrong, all right? Let me tell you what's going on here. And then he gets to verse 4. Now, verse 4, I want to set up just a little bit, because I think in verse 4, Jesus is kind of doing a mild rebuke of this whole notion of, hey, there's a ministry opportunity. Let's go discuss it, all right? I think he's, that's the four, this is what I think verse 4 is addressing. Look at this. Guys, don't go grab coffee, talk theology. Verse 4, look, we, that's all of us, must work the works of him who sent me. That's God. That's an interesting statement. God the Father sends God the Son for work that we must all do. Check it out. While it is day, night is coming when no one can work. All right? This is what I think Jesus is saying. Hey, Christian, Christians, we got to maximize our opportunity to minister while the opportunity to minister is in front of us. You know, because the night is coming. 
There will be times you got, an, you, got an, you got an opportunity to minister right in front of you. Now, you're going to sit there. You can go off and do something else. I don't know. You can go think about it, discuss it, have your groups about it, whatever. Get a 10-step ten ten plan. Get a 10-step plan how you can go back and minister to that specific situation. But I'm sitting there saying, hey, listen, you wait too long. Night's going to come. And that opportunity that has been placed in front of you is going to pass. You've got to maximize the opportunity while it is in front of you. Now, here's the thing. And I get it because I've been here and I understand it, right? Oftentimes, uh, an opportunity to minister, you guys know this, an opportunity to minister comes in front of you, but it comes at an inconvenient time. You been there? Isn't there? I don't know, man. I got something, I'm, I got something planned you know, at a certain time. God puts an opportunity in front of you and it's inconvenient. Or the opportunity presents itself in a way that you did not imagine it would present itself. And so, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I know what I've done before. If it's an inconvenient time, it's not how I anticipate it, then I start making excuses about how that ministry opportunity isn't for me. It's, 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 for, it's, it's for Alan. Oh, Alan, this one's for you, buddy. You know, as we do that. Instead of finding out, you know what? Maybe God placed this inconvenient opportunity to minister in a way that I did not anticipate because God wants to be glorified through it and God wants to teach me something about him while I'm doing it, right? Truth is, truth is, some of us, man, Christians will say, so I know because I've said this. Man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve God at a later time. You know, we're gonna sit here and go, I know I'm going to serve God when I get my stuff together. Single people might say, I'm going to serve God when I get married. Married people with kids say, I'm going to, I know I want to say this. I'm going to serve God when my kid's out the house. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard, man. You know, because to load my kids up in the car when they were young, you're going to get them in the minivan. You're going to get all my kids, get my kids in the minivan. I'm gonna, wait, wait till they get older. Maybe when I get a better job, Jesus says, guys, don't waste the time. Don't, don't waste the time till it's night. Don't tell God later on, I'm going to get my stuff together. God, the opportunity to minister you put in front of me, it's inconvenient. It's not how I anticipate it. I got other stuff to do. Jesus said, don't do that. Give God your daylight hours, meaning right now. If the ministry opportunity is placed before you, I say, Beep, let's do it. Let's do it. Verse 5, Jesus continues, because he's going to give us a little, he's going to give us some hope here. He's going to give us a little encouragement. Look at this, verse 5. I don't care if the, I don't care if the ministry opportunity is an inconvenient time. I don't care if it's not how you imagined it. Check this out. This will encourage you. Get involved, because verse 5, as long as I am in the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, we could, that's just tremendous. But ultimately, Jesus is saying, I came here for a reason. And one of the reasons I came was to remove darkness, right? To enable people. They all live in darkness. They're born in the darkness. While I am here, my testimony about me, our proclamation of Jesus, he is the light of the world and he will illuminate. And that's what he said. Paul calls it illumination, but it's the ability to see when it is dark. And this man could not see. He could not see physically. He could not see spiritually. He needed the ability to see physically and spiritually, and Jesus says, I am the light. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, 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 okay here we go. Verse six, verse six. Let's get to verse six. Jesus is gonna do something. Jesus is gonna do something here. Check it out. 
Having said these things, now Jesus is going to minister. He, Jesus, what's he going to do? What are you going to do, Jesus? Look, spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eye with mud. I don't care who you are. That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting, all right? He's going to spit. Spit's gross, man. Spit's gross. My, my, my grandfather, he chewed, he chewed tobacco, man, and he's spitting all the time. It's always gross. It's always gross. What are you doing, Jesus? What's, what's going on here? What's going on? Jesus spitting, making mud, putting people's eyes. Now, I want to tell you something. There is some debate about what's going on here. There absolutely is. There is some debate. And people have theological discussions about this. They do do, and they probably drink coffee, and if you want to do that, you can, you can do that too. True, no, true story, true story. I, I'm in seminary. I'm in seminary, guys. I'm in seminary. And we spent a whole, I mean, a couple of hours discussing this one verse. No, you're exactly right. We did this one verse. Right, 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 right. No, there's, Jesus, Jesus, there's, there's, here's the deba- here's some debate. I'll give you some debate. It's a debate. You can go debate. You know, why did Jesus use spit in this miracle, but he did not use spit in other miracles, right? You know, what, what kind of mud did he make? Where did the mud come from? People talk about this stuff. They talk about it. Here's one, here's one. one. No, 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 follow me. Was it a casual spit or was it a guttural spit? No, 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 no. The verbiage in the Greek is in such a tense that it appears that there's some effort in the actual spitting of the spit and they're going to debate about what tense the Greek is in and all that stuff. I'm sitting there and I'm saying, God, give me a break. Give me a break. It's spit, man. It's spit. That's why it's spit. We don't need to waste no three hours. I don't know. I'll just spit, man. You know what I'm saying? Here's where I land. Check it out. Here's what I got. Here's what we got. This is what we got, right? Where'd the spit come from? Came from his mouth. The saliva of the Son of God mixed with the dirt of humanity kind of harkens back to even Genesis chapter one and two and three. Mix that together and you get a new humanity. You get some sanctified dirt placed upon this man. That's what's going on. No need to, no need, no need to pontificate about that too much. Verse 7. I'm going to read a bunch of this real quick, so I'm going to get to this. Look. And said to him, go, that's a command, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went. That's obedience. Now, that's interesting. Man got spit mud on his eyes. You know, that's weird, Jesus. You know, that's weird, man, Jesus. But he doesn't say that's weird. He doesn't ask Jesus what he's doing. What does he do? He's obedient. I would say this. I would say this, Christian. I would say this. In our lives, it might be possible that Jesus is going to lead us, tell us, teach us to do things that seem odd. What are we supposed to do? Do what this guy do, does. You're obedient. You're obedient. He goes. And washed and came back, what, 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 what? He comes back, he comes back seeing. He comes back seeing. Verse eight, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, hey, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, nah, but he's like him. He kept saying, you know, he's going, I am the man. I was that, I'm the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes open? Now check this out, verse 11. This is the point, the first point I'm really getting at. Look, he answered them, look at this, the man. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is a man. 
man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He's talking about Jesus. He said, I do not know. All right. First stage. First stage. We've covered a lot. First stage is seeing Jesus as a man. Now, this is important, I think. This is important. The, the blind man was blessed by Jesus despite, I know this is going to trick some people up, but despite having a proper, complete understanding of Jesus. He had an inadequate view of Jesus, but still in his inadequate view of Jesus, Jesus in his mercy, Jesus in his grace, Jesus in his goodness still bless the man. My take home is this. You do not have to have a perfect theological understanding of who Jesus is in order to have Jesus bless you or even save you. The point is his heart was right. He was soft. Jesus said, do this. He did it. First, I would say obedience to Jesus seems to be more important than having a perfect theological understanding of Jesus, all right? First, that's first. We're gonna move faster here in a moment, but first, we're gonna see Jesus as a man. He's gonna move on from that. We're gonna see Jesus as, he sees Jesus as a helper or a healer. All right, let's look at this, all right? He's going to see him more than a man. Verse 13, they I love the word they. You don't, don't tell us who it is. They, they, those people. I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. All right. Don't know who the they is. The they, the they, they, inter, they are, the they are interesting. The they are interesting. The they are like this. The they, the they, they're like, God did something over here. There's a little, God did something. But in order for us to validate that it was actually God, uh, we're going to have to take it to the religionist. And if the religionist validate it, then we too can say it was a movement of God. But I'm going to tell you right now, God does not need validation or authentication or approval of man. God moves. God moves. Well, I know it's problematic. Some, no, you think about it. You're like, well, you know, you got, I got my church, got my church programs, got all this stuff. I, know I got all this stuff in my head. I'm going to do it this way. God does, does something over there. You're like, wait a minute. Verse 14. Oh, check it out. Now, now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Man, there Jesus go. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're just not, you're not, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right? Because the religionists, man, they had a hard group. They had... And the religionists, man, they make these rules. And these rules, they're like, you know, Jesus, God, God, we got our committee together. We got our committee together. And our committee has some bylaws. We all voted on them. And so this is the bar that our committee said. Now, Jesus, Jesus, listen, if you're going to do something, you're going to have to do it in this way because we voted. We got together, Jesus. We know we had a quorum. We did all that stuff, and you got you got to do it. And we got together, Jesus. You can't be making no mud on the Sabbath. You need you got to. We can we can get you. We can email you a copy of the bylaws. We'll do that, Jesus, because you done you done messed up. Verse fifteen. So the Pharisees ask again. I'm gonna ask him again. How he had received his sight, and he said to them, "I love this." He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Now, you're going to see right here, this is interesting. Jesus is moving in his head. There's a progression 
from just being a man to being a man who actually helps him, heals him. He's like, hey, that man over there healed me, helped me, and he is, he's, he's something more than a man. I'm not quite sure exactly what he is, but I'm telling you right now, he healed me. He still does not have a complete understanding of who Jesus is. That understanding's not going to save you, but you see a progression. You see as Jesus opens your eyes, you begin to progressively see more and more. Stage three, check it out. Seeing Jesus as a prophet. He's moving on. Verse 16, some of the Pharisees, some of the religionists who had gotten their committees together and decided this is how Jesus is supposed to move, said, he's imagined this, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Can't be, can't be God, can't be God. We voted, remember, we made the rules. We've been teaching people since they like little B, they all know this stuff, can't be God. But others said, this is a good point, counterpoint, other guy, counterpoint, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? Well, there was division among them. You see it. It's a ch- this, is a ch- this is a church squabble right here, man. You're going, not careful, they're going to split. You know, look, look, look. Verse 17. So they said again to the blind man. Let's go back to the blind man. Come on, look, look, look. What do you say about him? Since he's opened your eyes. He said, here we go. He is a prophet. More progression. More progression in his understanding of Jesus. That's a big jump right there. That's a big jump, right? He's progressed, right? People saw a prophet as the highest office that a human, a man could obtain. So that's, a, that's, that's the extent of his understanding. Well, you know, he, he was a man. He helped me. No, he's a prophet. He's as high as a man can get. You see, when God begins to open your eyes, you progressively understand more and more. Once again, you believe, you know that true. You know that's true. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, his spiritual eyes are open. His, his physical eyes are open. Now his spiritual eyes are starting to open. Verse 18, these religionists, you got this church meeting. Ah, verse 18, the Jews, religionists, did not believe that he had been blind. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We don't believe you. Just don't believe. Nope, you're lying. And he received his sight. So they did look at these guys until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. We're going to call your mama. That's what we're going to do. We're going to call your mama. That's what he says. Right, verify. I don't know. Maybe you got a twin brother. You're sitting there saying, I don't know. Get your mama in here. Verse 19. And ask them. So you got to bring the parents in. Get the parents in. Here's what they say. You got this guy. Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? Explain it. Come on, mom, tell me. Explain this. Verse 20, his parents answered, we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. So this is true. He's telling the truth. But how now he sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Check this out. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. We get some insight here. Look, why are they saying that? Verse 22, his parents said these things because they feared the religionists, the Jews. They're afraid. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. That's interesting. You're going to, I tell you what, I tell you what. You start talking truth about God, we'll kick you out of the church. That's weird. Verse 24. So for the second time, they're going to call him again. 
They called the man who had been blind and said to him, I love it. I mean, you can just imagine it. Give glory to God. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He answered, this is what you call a personal testimony. Check it out, guys, right here, right here. Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, what? Now I see. That's a, te- yeah, amen. That's a testimony. That's a testimony, right? He didn't know a whole lot about Jesus, but what he did know about Jesus, he tells them. Nothing more. He knew he had been born blind. He knew that he now saw he was a beggar. He met Jesus, spit, eye, clay, face. Now I'm good, right? He, that's all he knows, right? He's certainly not, I don't know, going to give them, I don't know, a theological discussion about the nature of a triune God and the soteriology of, I don't know, the implications of a fallen mankind. That's not what he's going to do. He's not doing that testimony. He's just testifying to what he knows about Jesus. That's all he's doing. He only knew what he knew. Now, I'm going to say this real quick, because this is, this is encouraging me about our testimony. A lot of times, we can be afraid. We can be scared to tell people about our testimony because we're afraid they're going to ask us things we don't know. I say, do what this man does. Look, 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 look. It's okay. It's okay. What did he say? What did he say? I love it. I love it. He goes, he goes, I love it. I love it. I do not know. That's okay. I do not know. Right? It's okay to say you do not know something. Right? When you tell them you do not know what you do not know, they will believe you when you tell them what you do know. It's okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. I met Jesus. He healed my eyes. That's what I know. All right. He just tells them. You just tell them. They ask you some question. Well, what about this? I don't know, man. Let me tell you something real quick, church. The list of things that I don't know is um, very long. But what I do know is Jesus is good. Verse 26. They said to him, what did he do to you? They're just beating him. You know, wear him out. Have you ever, you ever, you ever give someone an answer and they just keep asking the same question because they didn't like your answer? That's these guys. How did he open your eyes? He answered them. <laughs> I've already told you. And you would not listen. You just not listen, man. You're not listening. Why do you want to hear again? Then he asked this. Do you also want to become his disciples? And they, oh, they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Uh, We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, that's Jesus, we do not know where he comes from. So once again, they can't argue with him because he's saying, I don't, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know all these questions you ask me. I don't know. I was blind. Now I see. I was blind. I met Jesus. Now I see. I was blind. I met Jesus. Now I see. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with this, so what are you going to do? Well, you're going to revile him, right? You're going to degrade him. You're going to make fun of him. You're going to lessen, well, try to lessen his testimony, all right? Now we get to the fourth stage. And this is the beautiful stage, seeing Jesus as the Savior. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Here's what he says. The man answered, come on, man. No, this is, this is crazy. The man answered. Check this out. So this guy, this guy in the morning, he was a beggar. Now he is preaching to the religionists. Check him out. He answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You you do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of of a man born, born blind, 
If this man were not, check it out, church, next progression, from God, he could do nothing. Oh, that's a jump, that's a jump. He was a man, he was a helper, he was a prophet. Now he's from God. He ain't done, he not done, he not done. Look at verse 34. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. And then probably went to go drink coffee. I don't know, but they say, get out. We're done with you. God, man, you got the religionist there. The religionist, you talk truths about Jesus, they're like, yeah, get out of here. Verse 35, this is beautiful. How is Jesus going to respond to all of this? Verse 35, Jesus, check it out, heard that they had cast him out. This is the picture of Jesus I want you to have. Look, and having found him, who is the one who comes searching? Jesus. Who is the one who is looking? Jesus. Who is the one who makes effort to meet this man? Jesus. Jesus found him. Jesus finds him. And he said, he said, come on. He's gone through this progression. Do you believe in the son of man? He answered. It's a good answer. And who is he, sir? that I may believe in him. I want to know him. I want to believe in him. Jesus said to him, this is tricky. Check it out. You have seen him. Church, I'm telling you right now, he's not talking about with your physical eyes. He's not talking. Yeah, he's physically seen him, but he's done more than that because his spiritual eyes have been open. You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said what? Check it out. Here's how you know his spiritual eyes are open. He addresses Jesus what? Lord. Lord. No one's going to address Jesus as Lord unless they have their spiritual eyes open. And then he says, Lord, God, King, ultimate authority. Lord, what? I, what? Believe. There's repentance, there's belief, and how do you know? How do you know there's belief and repentance? It's immediately followed by what? Worshiped, and he worshiped him. That, my friend, is the miracle right there. That's it, that's it, that's it. He worshiped, he worshiped, he worshiped. I'll tell you right now, you're gonna see that miracle, like, oh man, the guy's blind, now he sees physically. Man, you can make a man, you can, that, that miracle is awesome, he can see physically. He's going to lose that sight, though, because he's going to die. It's only got, a, it's got an expiration date. By the grace of God, his spiritual eyes were open. He repented. He believed. And that, my friend, is the greatest miracle of all, and it is eternal. That is what we're meant to see. And so now, well, then this way, I would say, Lovingly and graciously, if you're here today or if you're listening or watching. What about you? What about you? Where you at? You know, I got 2020. That's great. I'm glad you can see. Whatever. But are you still living in darkness spiritually? Well, it depends. Depends, man. How do you see Jesus? Do you see Jesus as a man? If you only see Jesus as a man, I'm telling you right now, you're still in darkness. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus is a helper. He helps me. He's, a, he's, like, he's, like, he's like my little buddy. He's a helper. 
You're still in spiritual darkness. Oh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's a prophet. You're still in spiritual dark darkness. That's right, man. No prophet ever saved. That's correct. Is he God in the flesh? Is he the Messiah? Do you see Jesus as that? That's salvation, man. Repent and believe. He is the light of the world. There is no other way to see. If you do not know him, I would ask that you do exactly what this man did. What did he do? Lord, I believe. Repent, believe, and worship. That's our first. Next week, we're going to look at another encounter. Let's pray. Father, God in heaven, I thank you for this tremendous text. I thank you for what you're teaching us. I thank you that you did not do miracles just to be doing miracles. They teach us. They inform us. And our prayer is if there's anyone here today who does not know you, who does not view you correctly, that by your grace and for your glory, that you would open their spiritual eyes and they would repent and that they would believe and that Christ would be glorified. And we ask this all in the mighty name of our mighty God, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.